0: God in your Bible's Ephesians chapter 6. Uh, Pastor Jason preached last week on suit up and while he was preaching I was being riled up and I said I, there's so much stirring in me. And those of you that preach the word and teach the word you know how it is. Uh, there's nothing like anointed preaching that stirs your own soul and I believe the Lord gave me just a couple of things to just come alongside what Jason talked about, to echo and maybe brace up and double down, if you will, on this thing called the armor of God. So Ephesians 6, verse 10, if you're there, say amen. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord, which means that's up to you. Because if it was up to God, he wouldn't ask you to do it. You be strong in the Lord. And in the power of God's might, you put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, and against spiritual wickedness in high places. If you look up that word wrestle, put your finger there in your Bible so you don't lose your place. But if you look up that word wrestle, it said we wrestle against principalities and spiritual uh, 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 wickedness in high places and spiritual authorities. It means not only to wrestle violently, but it means like to vibrate. Uh, Have you ever tried to hold on to something, a, a power tool or something that's vibrating at a horrible speed? That's why our soul feels like it is. If you walk with God and you're, you cover your family and you live as a light, there's a tension in this world and we're wrestling against principalities and spiritual wickedness. Therefore, since we're wrestling against them, take unto yourself, once again, your responsibility, the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And the fact that it said that you may be able to stand implies that there are others that do not stand. And having done all, stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And above all, say that with me, and above all, taking the shield of faith, wherein you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. The helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. And watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Now let me just read this to you before you're seated. Second Timothy 2 says, Now you endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, so that he may please the one Who has chosen him to be a soldier. Whether you know it or not, whether you like it or not, and whether you're active or not, you are a soldier in the cosmic battle of good and evil, Satan and Christ. You're a soldier. You may not be a good one, but you're a soldier. You may not be a strong one. But you're a soldier. You may not be an active soldier, but you're a soldier. You may not be effective, but you're a soldier. You may not be dependable, but you're a soldier. And you may not even be faithful, but you're a soldier. In the same way, the liberties that we enjoy in the natural realm are provided by those and secured by those who lay down their life and defend our nation. There is an army of God that fights for the lost it fights for morality it fights for our babies it fights for our communities it fights for our workplace I want to speak to you this morning for a few moments I hope it brings encouragement and conviction I hope it brings clarity and lines some things up so that we can dust off medals of yesteryear and make sure that we are clothed and we are strong and our armor is, 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 fits today, not yesterday's armor, but that for today. And the sword of the Spirit is sharp on both sides, and the Word of God is in our mouth, a two-edged sword. Father, I thank you for the opportunity that's mine this morning. I pray, O oh Lord, that you would give me a, a, a specific type of grace this morning that I could inspire and challenge and put a fire unto us, that we would stop being AWOL And we'd get in the fight. Not only uh, standing for morality, but fighting. We would fight for that which is right and good. We would snatch people from the jaws of hell. We would help those that are backsliding. Carry those that are weak. Heal those that are sick. Having compassion, making the difference. Lord, if you said we're a soldier, then help us to be a good one. In Jesus' name we pray and all God's people said, amen. You may be seated this morning. God's using a natural illustration to speak to a spiritual reality in the same way armor or defense keeps a person alive, keeps them safe and secure in the natural, So does the armor of God keep us spiritually. The armor of God is not primarily for temporal things. There is a benefit, of course, for serving the Lord. And yes, there are hedges about us. But Hebrews 11, Jason alluded to it last week, uh, tells you that there are those that follow the Lord closely. And they were sawn in half. And they wandered in sheepskins and goatskins in the wilderness And they were were abused and maligned and killed. And the world was not worthy of them. So this armor is not to secure our temporal situation. It's to secure our soul. It's to keep us in the evil. In the same way natural armor keeps you in the natural realm, spiritual armor is that which sustains you in the spiritual realm. Make no mistake about it. Your adversary, the devil, is as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. One preacher said, I'm so glad the devil can't touch me. You know, they got to, ah, I'm so glad. He said, the devil, the Jesus pulled all his teeth at Calvary. Old man stood up in the back. He said, not to have no teeth. He showed gumming a lot of folks to death. We need to have something, not just in us. But on us, that protects us from the strategies, the schemes, the attack, the intentional uh, efforts of the enemy to consume us. This passage of Scripture is about standing in the faith. See, it's not just protection. It says, having done all to stand. This armor allows me to stand straight, to stand bold, to stand... uh, steadfastly this armor is about protection it's about being kept it's about maintaining it's about persevering it's about protection and safety and God's telling you make sure that you are clothed that you are clothed fully with the armor of God and I'm going to draw some distinctions that sound oversimplified on the surface but there's really great depth to them he did not say just with armor He said, with this armor. Not religious armor, this armor. Not with self help ideas and confessions and mantras and manifesting. It's with this armor that we're preserved. If God knows the war, then he knows what will keep us in the war. It is this armor. I want to talk to you for just a few quick moments on the subject of the Christian soldier. Number one, the Christian soldier is, by first, is first by necessity a Christian. You can't be a Christian soldier without being a Christian. It said that he may please him who Jesus has chosen to be a soldier. See, you become a Christian by God's election, by God's choosing of you. You did not choose him. He chose you. People stand up in church, I just want to thank the Lord. 30 years ago, I found the Lord. He wasn't lost. You didn't find him. He found your hiding place. He convicted you of your sins. He drew you by his Holy Spirit. He convicted you, giving you permission to repent. You repented and then by grace saved and forgave you. The enemy cannot fight on God's side. Now, you can be mad with me if you want. Um, I'm just responsible for telling the truth. Because when I answer to the Lord, you're not going to be nowhere around. I'm going to answer for the things that we do and teach. We're not filling our stage with lost people going to lead us into worship. That's the most brazen, ignorant, arrogant, one of the most brazen things I've ever heard. You're not on our side. I love the lost. I reach out to them. I, I encourage them. I share the word with them. But make no mistake about it, when the deal is done, somebody that doesn't know me can't lead me to him. That's common sense. It's kind of like a UN mentality. Just, Everybody, we're all on the same side. Uh-uh. No, we're not. I'll tell you one that'll mess with this snowflake generation in the church. Okay? Yeah, I said it. I said it. I said it. Here's what David said. And David was a man after what? Oh, okay. He said, Oh, how I hate those that hate you. With a burning hatred do I hate them. I love my enemies, but I don't love his enemies. You mock God, you blaspheme God, and you despise God, you're not my friend. I know which side I'm on. And it's not a matter of me being good, it's a matter of me being faithful. You hurt her, you're my enemy. I don't need to know why. I don't need to know where. And we who are Christians, well, we're all God's creation. Yeah, but we're not all his children. And we're not all his family. We are Christians by election, by new birth, by a change of citizenship. The Bible says in Philippians 3 that our citizenship is in heaven from whence also we look for the Lord Jesus Christ who will change our vile body. I used to be a citizen of this world and now I'm not. My citizenship, uh, when the role is called up yonder, what? My name's on a different role. Through election, my name was taken, my citizenship was taken from this world and transferred to heaven. So much of the church acts like the entitled, ungrateful people who live in the U.S. taking advantage of all the benefits without any contribution or allegiance. Take all that the U.S. has to offer and then burn its flags and mock it in the public eye. And the church people do that too. Take all that heaven has to offer and never move their citizenship. I want to declare it plainly. And I want you to see that you not only can do it, that you need to do it. This is not my home. I don't belong here. My citizenship is in heaven. That's why I fight for the things he fights for. That's why I fish for the people he fishes for. That's why we disciple those that name his name and we spend our life. The Christian soldier is uh, by necessity a Christian, by wholehearted, willing, passionate allegiance. I know we don't pledge allegiance anymore to the flag or a nation, that's why... There's very little loyalty to the republic. And I'm not saying our republic is godly. It's all we have right now. It's kind of like the ark. It's the best thing afloat right now, you know. But we wouldn't think of pledging allegiance. And you know what's even rarer? Those that pledge allegiance to the Lord Jesus Christ and said, With him I stand. Where he leads, I will follow. What he says, I will do. When he speaks, I'm under that authority. So to be a soldier, you can't just volunteer. You have to be chosen. Now listen to this statement. Every soldier is a son. But not every son is a good soldier. See, I can understand what it's like to be in a father-son relationship and never be honorable. And never be effective. Soldiers are the difference between freedom and bondage. Endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Number two, the Christian soldier is under divine authority. In Matthew 8, it says, Jesus entered into Capernaum and there came a centurion beseeching him saying, Lord, my servant lies home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus said, I will come and heal him. And the centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but speak the word only and my servant will be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this man, go, and he goes. And to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he doeth it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said unto them that followed, Verily, I say unto you, I have not found so great a faith. No, not in the entirety of Israel. Those of you that have served, uh, active, ser- are, are an active service, or have served in the military. I want you just to stand real quick. Would you? Y'all honored them this morning. Would you? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Authority in the military can be abused. It can be misused. It can be misapplied. But without authority, men die. There has to be someone that speaks and those under him say, yes, sir. Because we're trusting, listen, we're trusting that those above us have information we don't have, have insight that we don't have, have communication in the military that we don't have. We're trusting that they have our best interest at heart. And if so, and we stay under authority, the highest yield of results is given. We who are under the authority of Jesus Christ not only hope, but we know that he has all knowledge, all power, all wisdom, all care, all concern for us. And when he says go, we are to go. You are not under my authority. In a way, yes, there's a shared authority in a very small sense that I'm an under shepherd and the the only honor that's due anyone that's I I hesitantly say over you but responsible for you in the church you honor the office because the Lord gave the office not the officer there is one in charge the chief shepherd the great shepherd and to be a soldier, see, this is why the church is so confused um, and, and in many places so ineffective, because we make appeals, and those in the military are going to have some uh, personal chuckles today. Would, would you, corporal, would you consider going on the field? Would you think about it today? How you feel, man? You up? You good? You need another biscuit? Can, you want something? You need to go back and take a nap? I tell you what, pray about it. And tell me if you want to go out tomorrow. We've got an enemy encampment, but I, w- I want to be, if you need your, we've got some private space for you over here. If you need some space, I've got a, a therapy pig for you. If you need to rub him, and just let us know. And the military guy's going, you, John, you've lost your mind. They don't ask your opinion. They tell you what to do. This is the problem. This is why the church is inept. This is why we're anemic, and this is why we're ineffective. We have a God that asks us instead of tells us. This man said, oh, I'm a man under authority. I tell one, go. He says, yes, sir. I tell one, do. And he looked at Jesus and said, just send the word. And Jesus said, I ain't seen faith like this in all of Israel. Jesus knocks Saul off his donkey on the Damascus road with a blinding light and speaks from heaven in the Hebrew tongue. Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? I'm Jesus whom you persecute. Get up. I've appointed you to be a spokesperson for me. Well, I'll pray about it. uh... Paul, would you consider writing some of the New Testament for me? So I'm asking you, do Jesus and you talk about your life? Like, what do you think? What would you like to do? Or does he lead you? He says, go. Now, I know that doesn't fit in this culture where we're all equals. No, I'm not an equal. I am a dumb sheep. He is the wise shepherd. He's the captain of my salvation. And if I tell you the truth, he's very rarely asked me my opinion on much. Could be Because my information is so limited and tainted and self-centered. Could be he leads in divine wisdom. God is supposed to have absolute authority in your life. When you hear Christians say, well, I know what the Bible says, but. Oh. When you you say that, I just put a lightning rod up. I said, Lord, they said that. I didn't say that. (laughs) I know what God says, but. This is an absolute authority, an unlimited authority, a pure, holy authority. And as unbelievable as it sounds, in some ways, when you're under his authority, he will share authority with you. Kind of like being an ambassador. I'm not the United States, but I carry the name of the United States with me. Listen, you carry the name of Jesus. Jesus. With you. I'm about to get to the meat of the message, only two parts of the sermon, really. That was one, and then I'm gonna tie this together. Watch this. I have every confidence in my family being taken care of. Why? Because I am fully surrendered to the captain of my salvation. If you're the king, then I'm your responsibility. I serve you, and you protect all that I've committed unto you unto that day. My mama told me right before I came up to preach, she's just out of the blue. She goes, the Lord keeps his promises to a thousand generations. My spirit man said, yes, yes. But it's the active soldier, the faithful soldier, the covered soldier that has that confidence. Are you, an, are you a citizen? Are you an, uh, uh, do you have allegiance unto the Lord? And are you under authority? If you're not under authority, you're out from under his canopy because he only knows authority. He don't check with angels. What you think we ought to do? He says, go on the mission field. Yes, sir. Sell your house. Yes, sir. Wasn't too long ago the Lord whispered in my heart. I just I said it out loud. I said, We're moving. Didn't ask me what I thought about it. We're moving, we moved to the country. I, I love living out there, I don't like driving 30 minutes to everything. Like, you got a toothpaste that's 30 minutes, 30 minutes, 30 minutes. And listen, I don't have time to stay on all, but this is what I'm asking you if you are not under absolute authority, you're under no authority. The Lord is the King. When he says, write that person, I don't want to write him. I didn't ask you if you wanted to write him. Write him. You'll be led by a spirit and by the word of God. Don't let the sun go down upon your wrath. You may be up a while. Don't go to bed. <laughs> Anybody else walk the floor? Lord, it's 2 a.m. I can't go to bed because I'm still mad. Can't go to bed. Go wake your wife up again. Can we just agree not to like each other till the morning? Can we... Oh, y'all, those been married longer than two weeks know what I'm talking about. Can we just just agree to carry this on tomorrow? All right, does it it make sense so far? You've got to be on the side. You have to be in allegiance and you have to be under authority. It's not a mutual thing that you and God do together. He's the one with the tool belt. You have the plastic tool belt. You follow me? He's the Lord. My confidence does not come in what I've done for him. My confidence comes in who's above me and who's in front of me. And listen, if the Lord can't keep us, forget it. All right, now, second part. Point number three, but it's the second part. I know, it's part of my education that I got. Every Christian soldier is prepared. This is the meat of what I want to share with you this morning. Boot camp. I just can't figure out what the Lord's doing. I came to him just as I was. He forgave me of my sins. And I mean the joy that filled my soul. Uh, Joy unspeakable and full of glory. He gave me a heart of flesh where there was a heart of stone. And then Pastor John, all hell broke loose. Boot camp. It's like everything that I knew fell apart. Yes, yes. All the comforts got boot camp. Because he has to make a soldier out of you. Some of us cannot to this day figure out why he is so relentless in making us uncomfortable. It's because you don't have the capacity yet to be an effective, faithful soldier in the battle that's going on. And he needs soldiers. Now, I've never been in the military. I'm grateful. I stop everywhere I see one and I thank him. I tell him, I said, because you did what you did, I get to do what I do in a free country. I'm grateful. But one of the common themes they tell me all the time is how they woke people up. I'd be offended <laughs> if you woke me up like that. No, it's not like mama wakes you up. Hey, baby, how you feel? You want red jam on it this morning? they beaten lids to trash cans and shaking things at him. Get up, mama's babies love the rack. That's what my brother said. He's, they said all the time, loves the rack. I said, they scream at you? He said, oh, buddy, they scream at you. He said, they break down your sense, listen, of identity, individualism, so that you can have a corporate, oh, so I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. I no longer live for myself, but I live, oh, okay. And the Lord, we're like, what's wrong? Why do you hate me so bad? Because you still love the rack. You're still whining and complaining. And if I send you out there like a piece of wet pasta, you're not going to be good for anybody. You're not going to be a help for anybody. But if I put a backbone in you like a saw log, and I put a tenacity in you, And I put in a resolve in you and I've tempered you with a fervent heat, then you will be able to effectively, faithfully rescue others. I remember when he showed me, it it wasn't that everything was going wrong. He was trying to make me into a soldier. Some of you, that's the first time it's ever clicked for you. Why is all this happening so that you will man up? Suit up. This Christian soldier, every Christian soldier soldier, is to be equipped with armor and weaponry. They're not only equipped internally, they're equipped externally. This armor is specific, designed and designated by God. This armor that we speak about in Ephesians six is specific. It's designed and designated by God interconnected and dependent upon the previous one, belt of truth, helmet of salvation, gospel of peace, breastplate of righteousness. Now this righteousness that Christ gives us is not only imparted or not just imparted, which it is, but it is for us as believers the living out of that righteousness that is my responsibility of putting it on. Yes, his righteousness is imparted, But me living out that righteousness is the part of me putting it on. This armor can't be substituted. It's exclusive. No substitutes, no imitations, no duplicates or no alternates will sustain you. If the Lord says you need these things on you we know that we have him in us but if we you must put these things on yourself to stand in the evil day and you know we're in the evil day you know that then we need to make sure that this specific armor interconnected and interdependent with all the other pieces is active it's 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 working and we examine ourselves in a full length mirror I'll hold my spot here uh, one of the things we taught our kids, it's just real funny, we went to, uh, uh, to when we take them to the beach, is Kelly and I, when they were younger, they didn't really question it. But now, you know, they're starting to be self-aware and notice. And Kelly says, now go on and put sunscreen on. Go on in the bathroom, take all your clothes off, and put the lotion on first. And then put your suit on, and then we'll spray you. And there's that part about, uh, uh, just do what we tell you. And then they come out, and go, Did you do it, uh-huh. And then the sun comes out. And Isabel Isabel looked like she'd been branded with a cattle iron. Just right here. Just just nothing. And she's like, ah, 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 ah. You know, part of you wants to go, I thought you covered everything. (laughs) But time will tell. Okay? Look in your life. Time will tell if you were covered or not. Not because you're strong but because you are fitted with the armor of God. Covered. You need to look in a mirror and see, are there any gaps in my faithfulness? Are there any gaps in where the truth connects to his gift to me? Are there any gaps? Am I covered? Am I covered? This armor is exclusive. No substitutes, no imitations, no duplicates, or no alternates will sustain you. The fruit of the Spirit is not armor. Listen, saints. I believe the Lord gave me this for for this group of people this Sunday. Yes, it's important to love your neighbor, but love is not armor. Love, joy. Joy is wonderful. It's It's the joy of the Lord that's your strength, but it is not armor. Peace is not armor. Patience is not armor. Kindness is not armor. Gentleness is not armor. Meekness is not armor. Any more than armor is not fruit. Our our fruit is the beauty of God working out in our lives that makes Christianity palatable to other people. They look and see your, your works and your kindness and your gentleness. But to sustain yourself in the evil day, you don't need fruit, you need armor. The truth is we need both. Fruit is not armor. I hear people use this and I know what they're saying, but it's not it's not correct. The garment of praise, I just take off the garment of praise and I just charge the devil. You're gonna die. How can you say that? Because he told me what the armor was. The garment of praise is for the spirit of heaviness, not for a host of demons. I know, that, I know it don't fit your theology and your hallmark card that you've got framed and that the praise is my weapon. No, no. Well, God in the Old Testament said, I want you to just praise, go before the Lord and praise the Lord all the way into the city. And then God destroyed them. Yeah, their praise didn't destroy the enemy. Their obedience ushered in God who destroyed the enemy. Thank You better be praising the Lord at home. For the spirit of heavenness, but you better not go into a battle with no towel or jacket. I just in Jesus name, you better be prepared for a devil that's been around millennia before you were born and knows just where to shoot you and just how to attack your mind and your emotions and your children. And he studies these things. It's not that the garment of praise is not important, but it, like the fruit of the spirit, is not armor. I ain't thought of it like that. I know we need to take this word seriously and obey it specifically. Your character is not armor. Your giftings are not armor. Your history is not armor. And the great changes that God has made in your life since you got saved are not armor. Armor is armor. Loins girt about with truth. A love for the truth. An adherence to the truth. A knowledge of the truth. A surrender of truth. Uh, To the truth, a helmet of salvation where you know that you know that you know that the lamb's sacrifice was sufficient for you. Feet shed with the preparation of the gospel of peace, which means that you live to take Jesus to other people. And the shield of faith, above all else, take the shield of faith, which is your belief system about God, your faith. And with it, you can quench every fiery dart of hell, every arrow, every attack when he shoots. And you say, "Uh-uh." The word of God says, "Blank," and you fill in the blank. The armor is exclusive. Well, I, I, you know, it's like when you get a, an iPhone or some phone. You know, that's seven or eight hundred dollars for phone. That is, that's unbelievable. Even more now. Uh, you know, so you're going to pay a thousand dollars your eleven year old kid wants an $800 phone. And you go, man, I didn't have $800 worth of toys in my life. <laughs> Sorry, Mama. Just did, we didn't. <laughs> we were on the... the, the we are on a different plan. <laughs> and then they want to put... Wait a minute. I, Daddy, look at this case for $6. It's got rhinestones on it. Uh-uh, we get an OtterBox Defender Man kryptonite uh... <laughs> body shield you know what i'm saying wait what oh did i did did i just give us an illustration that's going to make sense to us you protect the phone and won't protect your soul what he paid for in my life i want to make sure that i put on see there's there's apple certified components and then there's well, it's just as good. No, it ain't just as good. Buy it and see, you plug it up, and Apple will say, we don't recognize that. Why don't you? It looks like it, we don't recognize it. And then you think if you push it in three or four times, it'll work. Plug it in a different, it's not Apple certified. You know what some of us do in our Christian life? We're trying everything but what he told us to do. I want to surrender. I want to be known by. I want to stop living for me and live for a corporate reality called the church. And I want to be under authority. And Lord, I want to dress like you told me to dress. I want to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And I want to per- persevere with people watching me. wearing what. You, let me just real quick give you a couple of illustrations about substitutes. I don't know how some of y'all do it. I, I, I really am impressed. This is not exaggeration, but Kelly and I are 10 years in. We're 10 years deep now with children. Y'all didn't tell me it, when I was 50 and I brought home twins. You didn't tell me. You didn't tell me. No, you didn't. You just oh, they're just beautiful. And, you know, now we got two 10 year olds and an eight year old. I'm 60, going on 97. I'm, you know. And y'all are posting on Facebook. And tonight we had a meat and three vegetables and a bread. Man, we're popping Totino pizza rolls. I'm putting them in the toaster. We're doing, if you've eaten anything here, a Pop-Tart, two boiled peanuts, and a Snicker bar. You make it work, man. You make it work. I don't know how y'all do it. You don't see us posting what we're doing. We just say, babies are fed. Olivia told me yesterday, she goes, Daddy, I've had pizza four, four meals in a row. You need to eat better. But anyway, having said that, Kelly went through a thing where she was going to cook for us all the time, and she's was going to substitute. That's so what she said. I'm substituting. And she got on this cauliflower kick. I don't cook, but I'm going to tell you that after all of her rhetoric... This is what it boiled down to. See, I don't know a lot of stuff, but I can take profoundly difficult and complex things and just give you a sentence. I I can't figure out how to do everything, but I can tell you what isn't working and why. Okay, it's a gift. And um, (laughs) so Kelly just started substituting. I think we substituted cauliflower for mashed potatoes one day. Then we substituted it for sour cream. And I told her, I said, It's just white. It it ain't those things. You can't just substitute it white thing for white thing. I'm dead serious. This wasn't funny. I said, look at me, you're killing me. It's white, why don't you just fold a napkin up and put it in the oven? Or a rag, or cut a piece of my dress shirt off. It's white, baby. It's just the say, No. Now, you know when I get you laughing, I'm coming with it, right? You're doing that with your armor. You're taking little quotes off the radio and little memes and you're prancing around. I'm ready. And you're no more ready for battle because you have alternate memes and cliches and hashtags that are not armor. A security of who I am in Jesus Christ. My salvation is set. My face is set like a flint to heaven. The truth corrects me. It guides me. It governs me. It's the final authority in my life. And I have a strong belief in God no matter what the devil does. I know whom I believed in. And I'm persuaded that he's able to keep me into that day. And while I'm living, I'm going to tell people about the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. You need to check your armor. Just because it's white don't mean it's good. <laughs> Can I give you one more quick illustration? that will warm your soul. I went into Applebee's one time. It's been years since I've been there. Maybe this was the last time. This is true. And I, I try to be, I'm more reserved now. Kelly will do this. We'll be out in the restaurant. That means stop. It's like you tell a puppy or something. So I'm looking at the menu, and it said, Fat-Free Brownie. <laughs> and it just caught me on one of the... I, I, I think all the time. It's like a little pinwheel buffering on the desktop. And I asked the lady, she come by? You know, I didn't give no notice, so Kelly couldn't see it coming. You know, hey, my name is Wanda. How are y'all? I'm be your server tonight. I said, can I ask you about the Fat-Free Brownie? And she, I'd already... Out the gate. The dog's out the gate now. She, she's trying to get my... <laughs> I said, being that every ingredient in a brownie is fat, how can it be a fat-free brownie? And the lady goes, it's not. Wait now. She endorsed me. She goes, it's just brown. What is your armor? You better not get this clearance rack stuff. You better not have somebody's used. You need a personal interaction with the Lord and say, clothe me. Help me get right. Help me be secure. Does my tone sound right? Does my spirit sound right? Does my countenance look right? Does my prayer sound right? Are my words right? Is my path right? Is my pace right? God, I want to be so far into you, I stick out on the other end. Help me, Lord. Help me to get right in this. And don't let somebody pass off a fat free brownie as a brownie to you. All armor is not created equal, this armor is personal. If our musician would come, please. It's personally given. It's fitted. It's adorned and it's displayed and it's trusted. This armor is not only personal. See, he, God designed it. He's, can you hear this this morning through this uneducated preacher? Can you hear this? Can you hear God saying, I know what you need in the evil day. Suit up. Don't do the others calisthenics first. Do this. And I'm going to fit you personally. I'm going to fit you perfectly, completely, and without rival. Don't clothe yourself in self-esteem, actualization, confession, manifesting things. Don't clothe yourself in anything the world offers. Put on this armor. And when Satan comes at you with his very best, you will stand. You will be impenetrable. My armor is perfect. It's without rival. It's without flaw. This armor has nothing to cover the back. I was reading several commentaries that said, well, the breastplate of righteousness, uh, uh, the breastplate in, in Rome's battle connected in the back. Well, he didn't say Rome in the Bible. It just said breastplate of righteousness. My opinion is, that's how people are consumed. When they turn away from the Lord and they walk. Because the devil then has a clear shot. Because if I face him in obedience, ain't nothing he can do to me, nothing, nothing. Your, Pastor John, I don't know, man, I I just don't feel like I can make, you ain't got to feel it. The armor is sufficient. I'm about to bring it home here. I hope you're ready for this. This armor is perfect and it sustains everybody. If I'm, now we can take the earthly description of armor and it's hard to make it into perfect Because if you take earthly armor and you hit someone with a bomb or with an anti-war aircraft gun, it shatters the person. The armor of God is impenetrable. So I want you to picture this in your mind, Katrina. Watch this. The weakest saint can stand. The newest Christian can stand. The shattered Christian can. Can stand. The old Christian can stand. The young, strong Christian can stand. All you gotta do is have the armor on, and the devil said, I I, I can't take them out. <laughs> Somebody greater than me must have de- designed an armor in omniscience that would cover all the attacks that I would ever give them in their life. That's how Christians, God forbid, can bury their children and stand. That's how their spouse can walk out and they stand. They can hear the report that it's malignant and they stand. They can lose it all and start over and stand. What is it about those believers? No, no, no. What is it about the armor? God made it. And if he knew what would save me, being the death of his son, maybe he had an idea what would preserve me. I know the world's going crazy. I know the currents are relentless and our enemy is aggressive. So put yourself on the armor of God and stand in the evil day. Now having said that, would you stand with me? This armor is recognized by the enemy. This armor, when the devil sees it, and I'm about to really bring it home to you in a minute. It's going to make so much sense. When the devil sees this, he goes, See, we think he's scared of the individual. Or we think he feels defeated based on how good and strong we are and how gifted we are. He looks for God. If he sees God, anything of God, he knows he can't win. And he sees you all suited up. Your baby can be born again at nine years old and you dressed them before you went out into the harsh elements. And there ain't no room to burn your baby anywhere because they're covered. Now, watch. When the enemy sees this, he knows. Romans 13, 14. I've been waiting all morning to tell you this. I'm like a little kid at Christmas right now. Put ye on the Lord Jesus. Why would you tell The Lord, my righteousness. The Lord, my salvation. The Lord, the strength of my life. The Lord, my gospel. The Lord, my word, my sword. Put ye on the Lord Jesus. And when you go out to battle, he don't see a broken, divorced man in the fourth quarter of his life. He sees the king of glory. On you, in you, before you, behind you, to the side of you, with a flaming sword. And he goes, just leave him be. Don't, don't mess with him. That's why that demon said, Paul, we know. Man, Paul is serious. Why would they say that? Paul is clothed. He was writing most of the New Testament. Everything come out of Paul's mouth was Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. So John, is it armor? Individually or is it Jesus? Yes. Put ye on the Lord Jesus. So when you go into battle and he starts shooting you, sometimes you'll hear this. Sometimes the Lord will say, Mama, fight. Kelly, fight for them babies. Fight. And other times he says, Wanda, I got this one. Sit down and stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And when the Lord comes out with that flaming sword, and I mean he does in a moment... What you can't do in years and years. I'll be done in just a second here. I just want to make sure I finish here. The Lord has never tasted defeat. Never. Never. Those that follow him have in their own frailty and humanity. And see, we think when someone was cut in half in the Old Testament and fed to the lions, they were defeated. They weren't defeated They close their eyes in this world and open theirs in the next. They're fine. They're good. Never lost a battle. And what I've committed to him, Mama, he's going to keep forever. And he will keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. So when you go into battle tomorrow, tonight, Lauren opens it every week. She says, we're just going to sing about Jesus. We're going to talk about Jesus. So you go into battle. Instead of you looking in the mirror, giving yourself self-affirmations, you look in the mirror and go, Jesus, fill me, cover me, guide me, protect me, lead me, humble me, talk to me. Don't ever take your Holy Spirit from me. I'm going to be so dressed in him going down the street. Demons will go, oh, no, Lord, don't mess with that one. Amen? Someone say amen to this. Amen. The final thing I want to tell you is when you're in the army of the Lord and soldiers recognize other soldiers, it's a beauty that in this in that way I can't participate. I've had opportunity to eat with Pastor Jeff Dean, and he's going to come close in prayer just a moment. I'll see him talk to somebody or someone will pass and there'll be former military. Listen. And they have a language that I don't participate in. They have memories that I don't participate in. They have scars that I don't understand. And there's a sweet camaraderie there that's based on all the things I just told you of an individualism loss and a, a community gained and a brotherhood and all these things And so it is in the church. When I look, and I look over, and I see, Jake, I look at armor, and we've got indentions and some bruises, and we got a limp, and not everything's working just right. And we see those those stripes and say, oh, that cost you. Yeah, but God's been faithful. God's been good. This armor is trustworthy. And to my fellow saints in the ministry and those that love the Lord, it's going to be worth it. It's going to be worth it when we take off our crowns. You know, people said you're going to sling them at his feet. No, you take them off, but you, 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 you stand in front of the Lord and you say, just like you promised, you kept me. Everything I gave to you, you kept me. I want you to think of this one little phrase. And Pastor Jeff's going to pray. It's all about the armor. His name is Jesus. Amen. Pastor Jeff come pray over us. I know I stirred you with the military and Jesus and everything. So it's almost time to go, preacher. So, you know. Take your time. Pray over us. Should be
1: ready. There we go. I understand. You realize that the armor is, is form fitting, right? It fits you specifically you. It's made for you. David took on the armor of Saul and what happened? It was too heavy, it wouldn't fit. It was too cumbersome for him to move and to do the things that he needed to do. Why? Because it wasn't made for him. Think about the world just like Saul's armor. It's not made for you. This world isn't made for you. It's not made for you to take on the cumbersome things that are weighing upon you today that's keeping you from following and doing what God's called you to do. If you put on that armor, what happens? You will fall short. But if you put on the form-fitting armor of Christ that he made for you, what in the world can you do in his name? That is exactly what we're learning today. Now, the one thing about it that I've got to share, Pastor, I'm sorry, you did get me riled up, so i got to say this one more thing. If it's form-fitting and I've got to be able to move in it, that means that there are places in it that are open. Thank God for the shield of faith. Thank God for the shield of faith that I can look and say, God, I know that I'm going against this thing. I'm going backwards. I'm doing something different. I've got to go do these things. Pastor Charles, I understand. We talked about it Wednesday. I'm going to go do these things, God, because you've called me to go do these things. But I'm relying on the shield of faith to protect me where I'm not protected elsewhere. And while I wear this armor, Father, let me walk behind that faith. Let me walk behind you so that you may handle the things that I can't handle. Isn't God great? Isn't he so amazing that he can go in front of us and clear the field? So that we don't have to fight that battle. So that he fights it well before us. And he says, come on and just follow me. How often in Scripture did we see where he looked upon men and said, follow me, but let go of everything and follow me. Follow behind me. Have faith in me that I will take you where you need to go, not where you want to go, not where you like to go. Your feelings aren't necessary. Let me take you where you need to go because you're fighting a battle on my behalf and I have your back. I have your back and I'm taking care of you, son. I'm taking care of you, daughter. What a wonderful name it is. I love the song we sang earlier. What a wonderful name it is. and It's all I need is Jesus. It's all I need is Jesus. So let us pray today and let's come together as one, knowing that we follow a king who gives us form-fitting armor, that gives us capability to go out and do the things in his name first and only his. So that we may rely upon him and show truly that we are his. Where he may say one day, well done, my good and faithful servant. Dear God in heaven. Oh God. There is no question that I am nothing without you. But Lord, you see fit to need me for something. You see fit to need these people for something, God. And you gird us with this armor that fits us in such a way, God, that we can represent you. Your color, your power, your righteousness. None of these things, none of these things, God, your truth. None of these things we have within us except by you. And yet you clothe us with these things, Father, and you put us behind this shield of faith and say, follow me. God, if today, if today be a new day, Lord, I pray that you make us so uncomfortable in our own selves, Father, that we have no other choice but to acknowledge that your armor is perfect, your way is right, and, God, that we have no other choice but to follow you. Lord, break away every bit of our comfort and make us understand that as you break us down, you build us up to be more like you so that we may honor your name first. Lord, if you find any fault within us, and, Lord, there is so much... God, I pray that you remove that and you, you replace that with a piece of armor of truth, of righteousness, so that we may represent you appropriately. And God, forgive us of the things that we do that are so wrong. All of the sin. The things that we know and the things that we don't, God. The things that we acknowledge and the things that we have no idea that we're even doing. And Lord, break us to make us like you. Form us to be more like those that call your name and are acknowledged as yours. So that, Father, this world out here, outside these walls, may see you first before they see us even coming. I pray all these things in your Son, Jesus Christ's holy name. Amen and amen. Thank you. You have a wonderful Sunday.
0: in the eye of the
1: storm you remain in control and in the middle of the war